0: Svamini Tinamine Namaste Saraswate Dewe Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashyata Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gaurav Vrinda Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya, Namne Gaurat Vishena Namo Brahmanya Devaya, Go Bhamana Hitayacha, Jagadhitaya Krishna, Go Dina Bandho Jagat Paten Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Taptakan Chana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindha Vishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatalubhyasya Kripa Sindhubhyaye Vacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Om Ajnianati Mirandatiya Jnianand Janashala milita Chakshirunmilita Mena Dasmai Shri Guru Enokar Hare Krishna So Hare Krishna everyone, welcome back all of you to the Bhagavad Gita study circle. I welcome everyone here on StreamYard and also a wonderful devotee joining us on YouTube. So please make your presence felt by giving some comments there, leaving some comments and let me know your presence and that, that will be really very nice. I will be glad to have all of you here. I am already very happy to have all of you here today. So we have some very interesting discussions today. Uh, in the previous uh, session we discussed uh, how Krishna has explained uh, some very nice things like you know there are degrees, different degrees to which Krishna reciprocates. He said, <laughs> you know as we surrender that much reciprocation we get from Krishna. We also discussed about the Ardhika Kartavya, we also discussed about the Paramahatika Kartavya and uh, so many things like that with the understanding with different analogies we have understood these few concepts in the last session but today Krishna is going to go a little ahead in his discussion and that is the verse number 12 a very interesting verse and very important verse because we need to understand this basic fundamentals Uh, very clearly and that's what Bhagavad Gita does to us, Bhagavad Gita actually is the manual for life and anybody who is very serious in understanding the truth about life, the truth of life and want to be a very happy person, want to lead a very happy life, then these secrets of Bhagavad Gita will help us to not just lead a happy life ourselves, but also give an opportunity to others to lead a happy life. That's what is the power of knowledge and especially the knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita because it is spoken directly from the Lotus mouth of Krishna so whatever he speaks he actually speaks the absolute truth absolute truth means that which is irrespective of time will stand strong will help each one of us irrespective of where in which time frame we are so that is absolute knowledge so today is going to be very interesting and a very important shloka where he is going to discuss something which generally people misunderstand especially in India so let us address this very uh, major topic and that is verse number 12 so I request uh, uh, let me see who is there, okay I think Hina uh, Mataji can come and join uh, and chant this loka and uh, let others can participate. I think there is some disconnectivity. Okay, so let's chant the 12th verse, Ina you know, Mataji. So let me display that to you. Verse number 12. Am I audible and can you see the screen? Yes, professor. Wonderful. So let's chant this verse number 12. कामशतह कर्मनाम सिद्धिम यजन्ता इह सिद्धिम यजंता यह देवता हा यजंता यह ही मानुषेलोके शिवरम सिद्धिर भवती कर्मजा Sidney Karma ja Once again Kansha Karmanam Siddim Kanshata Karmanam Siddhim Yajanta ihadevataha Yajanta ihadevataha Shipramhi Manu Shelo Bhavati Siddhir Bhavati Karmaja Siddhir Bhavati Karmaja Wonderful. Please read the translation by yourself. Men in this world desire success in fruitive activities and therefore they worship the demigods. Gods. Quickly, of course, men get results from prutive work in this world. Thank you, Madhur. Hare Krishna. Alright, so this is a very interesting shloka here now. So Krishna is saying in this twelfth verse, Kamchataha means to desire. Karmanam Siddhim. Siddhi means to acquire. Once you get the result, the fruit, that is Siddhi. So Yajanta ihadevataha. So there are a lot of people especially in India, they have this misunderstanding that Hinduism is pantheistic. So, if you go to the west or maybe you go to some uh, extreme eastern countries, many people think that Hinduism is pantheistic. That means there are a lot of gods. People worship a lot of gods in India. Hinduism is all about pantheism. But whereas you see Christianity when you see to Islam, it is monotheistic. But it is not true that Hinduism is pantheistic. Now there are so many devatas, there are demigods, but there is one supreme personality of Godhead. So there is only one supreme personality of Godhead even in Hinduism. Of course, Hinduism itself is not a Vedic word. Hinduism is a very recent word that is given to us but actually this whole culture this Vedic tradition is called Sanatan Dharma it is nothing called as Hindu there is no word in the Vedas or any scriptures where it is mentioned as Hindu Hindu is not a word at all but now why people say it is pantheistic is because there are so many devatas people worship now in India especially every day of the week People go to different temples of various devatas, like Monday they go to Shiva temple, Tuesday go to Ganesha temple, Wednesday I don't know because I really don't worship the devatas so much, you must be much aware of all these things Like Friday go to Lakshmi Devi, and Saturday go to Srinivasa Govinda You see there is every day different different devatas and there are about 33 crore devatas that has been mentioned Now you can imagine all these devatas, Krishna is saying Iha devataha Ihadevataha means all these different devatas are actually a part of this material world, this material universe. They are not transcendental like Krishna or the Vishnu Tattvas. So now, Iha-Devataha, So why people go to these devatas? Because they have the desire, Kamchataha, they have the desire for acquiring material results. So when they want a very good wife, they go and worship Uma Devi. Then when they want a very good husband, they will go to Lord Shiva. When they want a lot of strength and take out all the obstacles, then they go to um, Ganesha. You see then, so many desires they have. When they want some particular uh, dosha to be taken care of, then they will go do this sarpa yagna dosha, and that yagna, that yagna. Whenever Pujaris, they see certain things and faults in you or this thing, they will talk about so many yagnas and pujas and havans to be performed to please a certain devata and all these devatas will satisfy your fruitive desires so in order to get this fruitive results you go to devatas now what's the problem like you may say right you know prabhu i am anyway offering this and if i'm getting some material desires fulfilled what's wrong in it so what what do you think because already some of you have attended a few sessions previously, what is wrong in acquiring fruitive results from the demigods, from the devatas? What's wrong in it? Why don't we just pray them and get everything that we want? What is wrong in actually getting all the fruitive results? We get more attached. To the yes. So here we have Girishma, and she says that it's because we get attached all the material results and this material world and we continue to stay in this material world that's the reason we don't have to get these of results get very nice we get stuck Hina Mataji is saying that when we start having of results then we get stuck in this material world right but now you see what people do is they go to this devatas and devatas very easily they give them this result for example they really don't think the devatas are Empowered personalities by the Supreme Lord. All the Devatas that we see in this material world are actually empowered. They cannot give you anything without the sanction of the Lord because the Parmatma which is in your heart, the same Parmatma is also within the Devatas heart also like Indra, Chandra, Varuna, Surya, all these different devatas are actually being empowered by the Supreme Lord and they act according to the guidance of the Supreme Lord. Just like when there is any problem, the devatas, they all go to the grandfather of the devatas and that is Brahma and Brahma says, oh I don't know this, I have to approach Vishnu and that's how. He goes to the Shira Sadhara, he prays to the Supreme Lord and gets the answers and all the solutions and then comes back and helps the different devatas, right? So what happens is, even these devatas, they cannot offer you anything independently without the sanction of the Supreme Lord. And by the way, although they give very quick results, that's why you know Lord Shiva is called Ashutosh. One of the name of Lord Shiva is Ashutosh. Ashu means quick. Ashutosh means one who gives results very quickly. Why many people go to Lord Shiva? Because he is Bholenath. Bholenath means when you go to him and ask Anything He immediately satisfies your desires. You know why Ashutosh immediately satisfies your desires? Because he is deep in meditation. Whenever you see Lord Shiva, he closed his eyes and he is meditating on the Supreme Lord. And when people keep coming and disturbing him with all his material desires, asking him so many material things, he just wants to quickly give them whatever they want and he wants to peacefully meditate on the Supreme Lord. (laughs) That's what Shiva does. So that's why people go to Shiva. But he wants to meditate on the Supreme Lord. So now, why people go again is because they get the results, Siddhim, acquire the material fructive results, but they get it quickly. Shipram hi manuse loke. It's not like you have to wait. You will get it very quickly. This is the advantage of going to the devatas, and people want quick results. Everything instant, like instant coffee, instant maggie, everything is instant these days. So they want the results also very instantly. They want success in life very instantly. That's why most materialistic people, you see them doing lot of Devi Devata Pujas. They do constantly. But why Devi Devatas is also... You see, one is getting good results, very quick results. But at the same time, these Devatas are not worried. They are not really interested in your spiritual growth. The Devatas, although they are empowered, they are not very... Uh, concerned about your spiritual life let me tell you for example a small child about five six years old he goes to buy a chocolate to the shop and when he asks for a Cadbury chocolate a five-star or whatever it is and the shopkeeper will not say hey boy come on you know child open your mouth show me your teeth oh your teeth are so spoiled no no you shouldn't eat the chocolate I will not give you the chocolate will the shopkeeper say like that no The shopkeeper is least bothered. You give me the money, take the chocolate, you do hell with your teeth or whatever it is. I don't care about your oral care, your dental care, I don't care. As long as I'm getting the money, it's fine. You do whatever. So why? Because the shopkeeper is having some transaction there. He's not interested in your health. But whereas a doctor or a mother, she's worried. When she gives you something, she gives you what is that you need. Devatas, they give you what you want but the Supreme Lord gives you what you need Many times, foolishly, human beings, we don't know what is good for us We simply go and ask so many things from the Devatas Give me this, give me good give me car, give me bungalow, give me promotions, give me this designation, give me that designation We have a whole big lot of desires which has to be fulfilled And here are the Devatas, we have transactions with them and get them fulfilled and they can fulfill only if your karma, bank account is there. They cannot give you anything which is not beyond your karma. If there is something beyond your karma, your karma balance is not there, they cannot give you that. Even devatas cannot give you. You see, devatas definitely have some power. But, you see, they are not concerned about your spiritual growth, about your spiritual life. But Krishna is not like that. He is Bhavagrae He is very, very... Nicely concerned about the devotee He thinks hundred times whether to give this or not give this Many times when devotees we approach Krishna for some material benefit Krishna may not give that in fact many times Krishna steals away all the material things from the devotees because Many times when we want to become billionaire. Oh, I want to become a millionaire. My Lord, please help me Krishna may see oh my god. He's my devotee and if he gets to become a millionaire and after becoming millionaire, you know, people go crazy when you have a lot of money, then you start engaging in all sensual activities. So when that happens, it leads to forgetting Krishna and Krishna doesn't want that because after so many lifetimes, a soul has come closer to Krishna and has accepted his service. He's doing some bhakti towards him. So Krishna will not like anybody, especially his devotee, going away from him. So he's very concerned. if. By giving any material desire, by fulfilling a desire, if this devotee is going to go away from me, then I am not going to sanction. That is the concern. Why? Because he loves us. As a supreme father, he loves all of us. And he doesn't want the children to go away. You see? Just like Dhruv Maharaj. When Dhruv Maharaj was just 5 years old and he got dejected by his own father and the stepmother, he thought, I want a kingdom which is much bigger Then Brahma, his own great grandfather, he said, I want a big kingdom and he went to the forest to do Tapasya so that he can please Lord Vishnu and get a very big kingdom. Now when six months of Tapasya was done, Lord Vishnu personally appeared in front of Guru Maharaj, five years old boy, just imagine. And he has this desire to become the big king. And there, Lord Vishnu says, come on, I am offering you everything, you have a desire, get it fulfilled. After having Darshan, of the Supreme Lord Vishnu, this small boy, Dhruva Maharaj, he says, my Lord, I was looking for the pieces of glasses. I was actually hankering for the pieces of glasses. Now after seeing you, I have got a diamond. If I have got a diamond, why do I care for these pieces of glasses? I don't want any material desires to be put But in spite of him getting um, not attracted to all these material things, Lord said, I will still, still give you the Dhruva Loka, the pole star. So the Lord was so happy, he gave him. Why did Lord Vishnu give the pole star, the kingdom of whole Dhruva planet to Dhruva? Is because he understood that now Dhruva Maharaj is not going to get attracted to material opulence. He will not go away from me. I will give him all the wealth. When Prabhupada was uh, in Bengal when he had a family and he was also doing some business to take care of his family at the same time doing all the spiritual activities. So it was a time when he was thinking that, oh yes, I should earn a lot of money and then I'll be able to preach Krishna consciousness using that money to a lot of people. Prabhupada had this idea when in his younger days. And then slowly, gradually, Krishna took away all his money, all his position, his business started going down. He became a pauper actually. But then when he completely depended on the Lord and goes to the west with just 40 rupees to America preaching to all these hippies, in a year, in a span of one year, he got some devotees and disciples and just in 11 years, from 65 to 77, in that span of 11 years, he had a big empire. You see? So what happens is Krishna gives you... When he knows that you are not going to go away from him. He gives you all the material opulences. So that's what he did. Prabhupada used all the Lakshmi in the service of Vishnu. Lakshmi, money, wealth, opulence should be used in the service of the Lord. The moment we start using it for our gratification that Ravana Ravana took away Sita. And what happened to Ravana because he took away the opulence? Mother Sita, Lakshmi Devi, he had to face death. So when we want to enjoy wealth ourselves, only for our satisfaction, then it's a big problem. But the same wealth, when it is used, utilized in the service of Krishna, for spreading the mission of the Lord, then it's amazing. A small thing, just like when uh, Ramayana, when the build, the bridge was getting built, the small small squirrels, you know, they were coming and dropping some small stones in building the bridge. Even that was noticed by Lord Rama. So, today we have a wonderful place here. I have my uh, sister and my uh, brother and everyone here who are helping me and they are giving me this space. They are also doing this punne little bit of punya, little bit of contribution to Krishna consciousness and it's wonderful. What an amazing result they will get. It is going to go in the permanent spiritual account which will stay there. It's a seva that they are doing, right? So, why I am saying this? In Shipram, when people go to devatas, they get very quick results. But what is good, what is not good, the devatas are not concerned. Why? One reason people don't go to Krishna for worship is because Krishna doesn't give Shipram results. (laughs) He doesn't want to give you results very quickly. He waits patiently for his devotees. He knows what is best for you, not good for you right he wants to give you the best and that's why we need patience in krishna consciousness we need to have a lot of patience so manish is saying well explained uh, you know chennan is saying lovely and uh, i love it so what's happening now let's understand you see my dear devotees there are you know there are a lot of godmen also people go to them especially those who show a lot of miracles there are a lot of godmen who create some gold when you go to them or they can bring some pomegranate uh, from uh, Saudi Arabia or the dates from there and they produce in front of you so when we see such miracles we get bewildered and people follow them blindly so this is something that we should not for. We should not fall for such cheap things. And why we fall is because we have material desires. We want to enjoy material desires. And we look for these shortcuts. But the best shortcut is going to Krishna directly. When you have any desire, whether it is material desire or spiritual desire, you don't have to worship anyone else. Just Krishna alone, the Supreme Lord, He can fulfill each and every desire of yours. There are two ways. If you go through the devatas, then it's like climbing the steps. Step by step, step by step you go. There are so many devatas, you have to please them all. But there is also a lift. You know in a building there is a lift. You just go to the lift and press the button that you want. You very peacefully go directly. So Krishna consciousness is like a lift. Now you decide, you want to go step by step. Take your own time, life after life, many lifetimes or you want to finish up this material duty in this very lifetime. Take the lift, Krishna Consciousness, this Bhakti to Krishna and reach the supreme destination at the earliest. So that's how we need to plan our life, especially spiritual life. Right? So, Krishna is saying Yajanta hiya hi loke Another thing is, we know, we, uh, we should know that in the 7th chapter Krishna is going to say that anybody who actually worships the Devatas, they are Alpa Medasaha. means intelligence. Alpa means less intelligence. So people who actually worship the Devatas, they are actually Alpa they are less intelligent. Now does it mean that we should not... Respect other Devatas. Oh Prabhuji, you are from Hiskon and that's why you are only talking about Krishna. There are so many different gods. They will get offended. No. It's not like that. It is what it is. It is what the Shastras say. It is what the scriptures are saying. Ishwara krishna satchid ananda vigraha. sarva karana karana he is the supreme lord krishna Govinda purusham tamaham vajami you see so govinda is actually the adi purusha nobody else can be more supreme than the supreme lord krishna so it is the statement of the scripture that we are speaking so now it doesn't mean that we have a license to denigrate all the different devatas no we have to give due respect the key word being due, that means every Devata, like you are going to Shiva, you have to give due respect because he is the greatest Vaishnava. You go to Ganesha temple, you have to give due respect. You go to Durga Devi temple, you have to give due respect to her. Because they have taken important position in this material world, they are actually supporting the different creations, the different uh, activities in this material world. We have to give them due respect, they are also part and parcel of the Supreme Lord. but just like there is a dog the street dog you don't go put a garland to it and then you take the agarbatti and do some puja to the street dog right it is not due respect the due respect for the dog would be you go and give some bread to it it will eat and it will be happy sometimes it's our culture that when we see some ants lot of ants moving around you know you go and put some haldi kumkum and uh, you also go and put some sugar there it's due respect even to the ants, we are giving due respect. That's our culture. But that doesn't mean that you go and start worshipping the devata, the ants and say that, okay, please fulfil my desire that I should get passed in my exams with uh, flying colours. And, you know, we don't do that. So, similarly, when you go to de- devatas, you have to pray to them. You have to give due respect. But you should pray to them, my Lord, please help me to become the devotee of Lord Krishna. Please help me to understand the absolute truth. That should be our prayer. In fact, when we pray like that, even the Devatas become very happy. Right? Even the Devatas become very happy. So, you see, this is what Krishna is saying here. And Siddhir Bhavati Karmaja. So Siddhir, when you do this Devata Puja, Shipram you will get it. And you will get the Siddhim very quickly. You will get the uh, results, no doubt about it. But is that result going to bind you more? or is, is it going to liberate you more that knowledge will be explained in the Bhagavad Gita that is what Krishna is doing Krishna is giving this knowledge so that we become free from all the bondages even from the bondages of fruity So we don't want of wisdom right we don't have to work for fruits all the time we have to work in accordance with what Krishna wants us to do right so and very nicely, Prabhupada in the purport, he is explaining here that anybody anybody who thinks that the Supreme Lord and the Devatas are on the same level, are of the same category, they are actually called Pashandis. Prabhupada is saying such people are called Pashandis in the scriptures. So we cannot equate the Supreme Lord Krishna with all the Devatas including Brahma and Shiva you cannot equate Brahma and Shiva to the Supreme Lord Vishnu if you do that then you are actually called Pashandi Pashandi means you are an illiterate person, you are actually an atheist Pashandi means you are an atheist, you don't believe in God if you equate, these are the injunctions of the Supreme uh, our scriptures this is what Krishna has explained here. And Manish is saying that prasad Gnudaj, explained clearly, it helps us in our life. Thank you so much Manish. And I am really glad that you could join today. It's very nice to see you here, very nice. And uh, yes, so let's have uh, Dev and let's chant the next words, Dev. So let me display the next sloka. So is it visible to you, Dev? Yes, probably. Wonderful so this is another very very interesting shloka verse number 13 from the bhagavad gita chapter 4 Chaturvarnyam maya shishtam chaturvarnyam maya shishtam, chaturvarnyam maya shishtam. guna karma vibhagasah guna karma tasya kartaram tasya Vidyakartaram avyayam Vidyakartaram avyayam Kartaram Once again, Chaturvarnyam Varnim, Maya Shistam, Chatur Maya Shistam, Gunakarma Viphaga Shaha, Gunakarma Viphaga Shaha, Vidya Kartaram Avyayam Vidya Avyayam <inaudible> Wonderful, so please uh, read the translation by yourself According to the three modes of material nature and the work ascribed to them, the four divisions of human society were created by me And although I am the creator of this system, you should know that I am yet the it's not visible, probably. Yeah, it's non-dual. The non-dual being unchangeable. Wonderful. Okay. Great. Thank you. <coughs> very nice. So, very uh, interesting shloka, and I think uh, this is uh, one thing that we need to understand. It's a very, um, uh, very important thing that, uh, especially the leaders of the society, should know. The leaders of the nation should know. This is a very clear instruction to the leaders given by Krishna directly. So here he is saying that Chatur Varanim Mayashrishtam Chatur varnim. Like there are this four division which I had explained earlier also, and I used to keep telling you that, yeah, we are going to come to this shloka in the fourth chapter. So here Krishna is talking about Chatur Varnyam What are this Chatur means for Chatur? Not Chatur, Chatur means intelligence, cunning. Here Chatur means four. Chatur Varnyam, varna. There are four Varnas and four Ashramas. So this whole Vedic society was designed in such a way that it was divided into four things. Which are the four Varnas? There Brahman, is Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Chudras. So even in the Purusha, the Purusha Shukta it is said, Brahmano O, Bahurajanyakritaha, Urutakasayatvaishaha, Padhyagamchutroajaheta So what does it mean? In the universal form, the Virat Rupa of the Supreme Lord, these four Varanas are existing. The head or the mouth representing by the Brahmanas, the Bhujas represented by the Kshatriyas, and the belly region which is represented by the Vaishyas, the business class, and then the padhyam that is the feet or the legs represented by the Vaishya as the working class, Shudras. So the Bhujas are Kshatriyas are actually the administrative class. The intellectual class are the Brahmanas. So now Krishna is saying that Maya all these four Varanas are created by me and then there are four ashramas also Brahmacharya Ashram grihastha ashram, vanapastha ashram and then there is this Sanyas ashram. So what are ashramas meant to be? Ashramas are systematic elevations or progressions in our spiritual commitment with respect to time. In life, in the first 25 years, uh, student life, that is brahmacharya life. And in the next 25 years, it is grihastha and then Vanaprastha and then finally you get into the final stage that is sannyasa. So as per your time frame, your age, your systematic progression of spiritual commitment is increasing Right? So this is what is called Ashrama And then there is 4 varanas. Now 4 Varnas when we talk about, it's extremely important to know that these 4 varnas: Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya and Sudras these are based on the psychophysical nature of an individual. So these four Varnas are not a controversial thing as projected by the modern society, especially after the British rule. So now Krishna is very clearly stating here it these four Varnas are guna karma vibhagasa. So these four Brahmana Kshatriya Vaishya, Shudra is not by birth. This is not by birth somebody becomes a Brahmana. It is not by birth somebody becomes a Kshatriya. It's a false notion. Many people, especially in my own caste, I see people calling themselves as a Kshatriya. But they have no qualities of a Kshatriya. There are no such gunas, characteristics of a Kshatriya. So, that is why we should not think anybody to be a Brahmana Kshatriya based on the birth. Uh, engineer's, doc, engineer's son will not become engineer just by birth he has to go to uh, engineering college understand get the certificate he will become an engineer similar a doctor a doctor's son or a doctor will not become a doctor automatically just by birth they have to go through all the necessary educational systems acquire the knowledge then they become a doctor. So similarly, a brahmana or a kshatriya is characterized by the inclinations they have. By the kind of guna they have. The default setting, psychophysical nature, each one of us we have. So, this is what is missing today. Many people don't understand what they really want to do in life. And there is no direction. So now Krishna is saying mayashishtam. So anything that is God done or created by God is natural. That's why when we see all the beautiful things in the nature, we call oh, it's a natural thing. It's a natural thing. And anything that is man-made, we call it as an artificial thing. It's an artificial creation. So there is a natural system designed by the society, of the society, by Krishna. And there is an artificial system created by man. And these artificial systems have created havoc in the society In the name of feminism, in the name of racism, in the name of so many isms They have created divisions and there is so much of chaos And then the caste system that was introduced This Harijan and uh, the SE and ST and the lower caste and this caste In India this has become a big chaotic situation And it's a political thing actually And people have taken undue advantage of this caste system. But we should know very clearly that that is not what Krishna is referring to here. This caste system given by Krishna is a universal thing. It is not just in India. For example, there is an intellectual class, the Brahmanas. Do they just exist in India? No. You go to the USA, you go to UK, you go to Russia, you go to Australia, you will find Brahmanas who are intellectual, who are scientists, who create new things, who are content generators they constantly write books, they have so many things to do so they are contributing intellectually to the society and this class of brahmanas are all across the world so brahmanas exist everywhere intellectual class of people exist everywhere even in Africa Right? then you go to kshatriyas, kshatriyas also You see, there is defence everywhere. There is military, every country has its own defence system. There are soldiers, right? So, there is defence who are, uh, like US, UK, any country, they have their own defence system. So, Kshatriyas are also there everywhere, administrative class, who take care of the different administration of the country. So, there are Kshatriyas everywhere. We cannot let go of these people. Then, what about business people? You see, businessmen across the world, right? Businessmen are not just in India. And then finally there is working class, Shudras, they are also working, working class. You go to America, there are janitors there also. There are people who work, uh, construction workers and this workers, all factory workers, you will find that everywhere. So this division of the society is everywhere, properly there, given by Krishna. This is the natural system. But now what's happening is, because of peer pressure, Many people take into some careers which they are not inclined to, which they are not supposed to be doing actually, but they end up doing and they are totally dissatisfied. Somebody is an artist, he wants to be a dancer, somebody wants to be a singer, but then because of the peer pressure, he is told, no, you have to become an engineer or a doctor. And he becomes so frustrated, especially in India, the parents are so help if at all there is any career, it's only two, doctor and engineer and all others are looked down upon and the students who are actually wanting to be a good singer and a doctor or, or maybe a uh, photographer or whatever it is, his natural inclination is killed and there is frustration. This is happening in the society. So this is not right. There is so much of frustration that is building up because of not identifying the right varna. Whether it is a man or a woman, we should know what is our varna, what is our Natural inclination. Extremely important. Because as long as you don't know what is your natural inclination, you will be dissatisfied. And people are dissatisfied. Just imagine, in a company, in an organization, you require intellectual people, administrative people and working class people. For example, you take a company, there will be janitors there. Now, if you take a janitor and tell him, no, no, you don't do this work, you become a CEO and you run the company, First thing is, he will be totally upset with this whole job, he may be getting money but he will be stressed because he cannot handle, it is not his cup of tea, he cannot, (laughs) okay, cup of coffee because, not even cup of coffee because it's cup of milk because we don't drink tea and coffee in his car. So you see it is not just his uh, way of working, a janitor cannot become a CEO. It will be a chaotic situation in the company if he becomes, but that doesn't mean we don't require janitors. He has his role. So similarly, if there is somebody who is a you know, kind of a managerial person, who is an administrative person, and then you ask him to go and uh, do the janitor work, he will become frustrated. He cannot. He cannot work like that. It is completely against his nature. So that is why identifying the right varana of a person and giving him that the proper environment to work is what Varnashrama will do. See, everyone, we all have our individual desires to uh, develop a certain habit or uh, we want to grow in a certain field. And if the society gives you that opportunity, then you can flourish so nicely. Just imagine for a software engineer, he has studied and he is very passionate about coding and everything. And if he finds an environment, an organization which actually supports his ideas, And he starts experimenting all his ideas there. And he flourishes more. He wants to do more. And he is happy with the work. He earns a lot of money. At the same time he is enjoying his work. Right? Why? Because it is his inclination. So similarly, we should also identify our uh, inclinations. And if we don't do that, then there is a problem. So Krishna is saying, guna, karma, vibhadasa. Guna means character. Karma means competence. So we need both. We need to have competence in a certain field and we also need to have guna, character. Now just imagine, there is a doctor who is very competent. He takes up any case, any operation, any surgery he does, 100% success, right? He does all these things perfectly. A doctor does a lot of things very nicely. But just imagine, he is very competent to do surgeries but when he is doing surgery, he actually takes off one of the kidneys. You know, he takes off one of the kidneys from the patient. Now, what is the character? So, we need to have both. You cannot give away one thing. If you want to run this society peacefully, nicely, then both guna and karma are required. You need to have competence, you need to have good character. That is very much essential but today that's not happening unfortunately you just compare let's have some uh, comparative analysis just to give you an idea that how the Vedic society was functioning and this was just about say uh, 300 years 400 years ago this Vedic society was quite intact in India so let's take few parameters I just want to explain few of them for example time now time Is a very important resource time is a resource which is so valuable that once gone will never come back so let's see this resource time from the Vedic perspective now in the Vedic perspective majority of the people were doing agriculture most of the work was uh, farming and you see even if we take two produce a year you know to harvest a year which is quite a big thing now for to get a harvest it takes about 3-4 months and another harvest about 3-4 months but whenever you want a farmer wants to harvest the first 15 days and the last 15 days are the most busiest because first time he need to do those tilling and sowing the seeds and all those things it takes some time and in between, it's quite comfortable, it's quite easy. And uh, even when he's doing the stilling and sowing the seed, it's about 8 hours or maybe max 9 hours in a day. Now, if you take the first 15 and last 15 days, it's about one month. He works nicely, very hard. And rest of the time, he's focusing on Krishna consciousness. He's actually focusing in developing his spiritual life. Right? Now, similarly, another harvest, he will spend another year. Another uh, one month and pretty much, pretty much about in a year, he is getting 10 months for himself and he has good food, he has lot of crops, he can exchange that for his uh, day-to-day thing. So much time was there. What a wonderful thing it is. Now people don't have time in the modern society. The Prabhupada used to say the greatest disease of the modern man is no time. People say anytime you call them for a function to attend a lecture or anything like that, no time. Prabhuji, hamaripas time here. This is a modern disease. No time, no time. Anytime you call, not for us, for your own self-development, if you call them, they don't come. Why? Because no time. It's a disease of a modern man. So let's see now, you see why there is no time because a modern man is busy going to the factories, is busy going to the companies and there is so much of commute. Now in the olden times, you don't have to commute, you just step outside the house and you are there in the agricultural field, you are there, right there in your field. You don't have to commute but if you go to the metros, you'll see you'll spend at least uh, one and a half hour, two hours in commuting. And again back, so about 2 to 3 hours you are spending in commute and at least you have to work for 10 hours in the company. Minimum 10 hours. So, so much of time is going in commuting and working like hogs in the companies. Where will you have time? For yourself. And how many leaves do you get? Hardly any leaves. So, 5, 10 or 12 maybe in a year and weekends. So, 5 days in a week you are just slogging and slogging and slogging. So where do you have time for yourself? Where do you have time for your family? So time is definitely taken away by all this modern. You are giving your valuable time to the companies and making them rich. You are working for them and making them rich. So that is what is happening. We are trading our time for money. And this money is not giving us happiness. Or true happiness. Right, so this is the problem. So time-wise, definitely Vedic culture was, Vedic society was much ahead. You had so much of time for yourself, so peaceful you had. Now, let us take about employment. In terms of Vedic time, let us take employment. You see, the moment the child reaches about nine years, ten years, he is already assisting his fathers. For example, if the father is a Brahmana and he is going to house to house and perform yagna. So this child at the very young age of 9 or 10 he is going and assisting his father and in the process he is learning through osmosis. Just by seeing his father working in a certain way he is learning and at a very young age he is actually becoming a contributing member of the society. So where is the question of unemployment? So right from the young age of 9 years, 10 years the family members, the children actually became the contributing members. Children were not look like burden on the society. Today's parents they think that children are burdened. But children are never burdened. You see in the Vedic society it was so nice. They were engaged properly. There was no question of unemployment. And then he becomes expert in that field when he grows about say 20 years, 25 years and he takes on his father's business. The same thing with the Kshatriya, the same thing with the Vaishya and the same thing with the Shudra. They are trained properly, they are trained nicely in a way where they are nicely taken care of about their employment. So this is how children were not looked down as a burden. But today, children are looked down, they are called as a burden. It's because education is taking away so much of money. Parents have to put lakhs and lakhs for education today. You see? And that's why they have become a burden. The parents have to work hard. I mean even a Kindergarten they have to pay lakhs today. What a joke it is. And you see in the olden times they used to have so many children. Our grandparents used to have about 6 children, 7 children and maybe sometimes 10 and if they lose 1 or 2 children because of some natural death they wouldn't mind. But today they just have 1 child, 2 child and they are also not very healthy. You see this is what is happening it's very unfortunate situation so employment wise vedic culture was much 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 better now there are many other parameters that we can think about even relationships if you take amazing thing you know in vedic times there was so much of bonding between the people because you had so much time to spend with your children your wife and husband there was the festival mean you know everybody is together and celebrating but today because of nuclear families there is so much of division that has happened You see, this industrialization has broken us so badly. Earlier, there used to be one big family and everybody used to be a contributing person. And here, you know, there used to be one mixer grinder or maybe one washing machine. But today when they have divided the families, the industries have made a lot of money because now they don't have one washing machine. If there are three brothers, they'll have three washing machines, there are three mixer grinders, there are three fridges. So this is how this industrialization has made people. They have divided the people. And they have conquered all their money. They have taken away the money from the people. And they are taking money from the people. There used to be one big farmland. They have divided that land. And now they are destroying that land. So these are all wrong things. So Vedic society was very, very nicely designed. That's why it's a natural system. We need to follow this natural system given by Krishna. Okay, so now you see, there is a very interesting bit. So, guna-karma-vibhagasa, tasya-kartaram-apimam. So, let me see if I have missed out some important points. So, like I told, that we need both. We need character, we need competence. So, this is what this Krishna's uh, natural system will give us. It will give you that uh, environment to build your character. But today, that environment is not there, especially for children. In the name of education, actually the schools have become slaughterhouses. The schools are slaughterhouses. They are assassinating the character of the children. I know personally, there are so many international schools, children from uh, international schools like DPS and all, just 9th standard, 10th stand and they are into drugs. And they know the details of the drugs. Can you imagine? There are so many students like that so complete character assassination is happening by the so called education education means character building but today's education is all about you know earning money money and why parents are sending to the school so that oh you will make a lot of money in the future they are not worried about what will be the character of a child but they are worried about How much more money can I get or you get because I am investing so much money in your education You have to work hard, you have to slog very hard and then you have to earn a lot and then give back to the parents This is the expectation of the parents today Killing the society, killing the natural inclinations of the children So this is not the Vedic system This is not the Chaturwalnam that Krishna wants to give us Krishna has created a wonderful natural system so let's follow this, let's understand this system. It's extremely important, it's very, very important. So we should not go against this. Now by the way Krishna is saying that Tarsikartaram Apimam Vityakartaram Avayam Now although I have created this system of the Chatur Chaturvarnya I am not part of this particular system. I am not involved in this particular system. I am aloof from the system. I have created this, but I am not influenced by this particular system. Now, it's not that Krishna sits and decides that, oh, this soul has to be a Brahmana, this soul has to be a Kshatriya, this soul has to be a Vaishya or a Shudra. No, 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 no. That is not what Krishna's duty is. He has created a system and based on our actions in the past, it is decided whether this person has to be a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya or a Shudra. It completely depends on our past karma. It depends on our past karma. So, Krishna has just created the system. So, the system takes care of all these things. Right? So, with taram Vriyam. So, He is completely aloof from all these changing things. So, in this lifetime, I may be a Brahmana. In the next lifetime, I can become a Kshatriya. In the next life, we don't know. It keeps changing. So although I may be born in a Kshatriya family, but my inclination, no, I can be a Brahmana, right? So I think this is one very important thing that the teachers, if not the teachers, especially the parents, at least the parents should identify the psychophysical nature of a child right at the beginning stage. You know, when the child is just about five years to ten years, this is a good time phase to understand the natural inclination of a child. If we can do that as parents, identify the psychophysical nature and accordingly give direction to the child, he will be extremely successful, he or she. They will be extremely happy in what they are doing. But today because this is missing, the children are frustrated. If just imagine if the children are so frustrated, what can be Uh, What happiness can we expect in the society? Children are supposed to be a source of joy. But today, you see, they are carrying so much of burden. You know, a huge weight on their shoulders. Carrying the big, big bags and going to the schools. And simply mugging up, mugging up, mugging up. Putting all that stuff here. And just vomiting during the examination. And they are called intellectuals because they get 90-95%. No, that is not intelligence. Character building is real intelligence. If we cannot do that, then what's the point? Because there are so many competent people. I have already given you the examples earlier that like Tiger Woods, you know, like Bill Clinton. Great, great people achieved big, big positions. But just one big mistake. Character flaw and then you're gone. You're gone. We know what happened to them, right? Society will not forget. They will not forgive for our mistakes. That's why we need to have a very strong character, especially in the children, so that they grow as a very strong individual and they can be a contributing to the, contributing members of the society. So let's uh, take this word very seriously. We should know what is uh, this chaturvarna, and we should identify our varna. We have discussed this previously also that how we can do uh, this uh, understanding and analyze our own varna. Where do I fit into? so you can do certain exercises like in a day how are you spending your time most of your time is going where are you creating something are you uh, trying to control people are you trying to uh, do business with something or all these things you need to identify your inclinations so you see in a day where is your thought involved most of the time and based on that you need to incline and give direction to yourself and to others also especially your children right so if there are any questions you can leave them in the comment section and uh, let's go to the next verse I think we can cover a few more very very interesting verses so let's see what Krishna is going to say in the next 14th verse so we have uh, so let me call Vinod Chandanji you can unmute yourself and let's uh, chant the next verse that is 14th verse I hope uh, the screen is visible to you Vinoji. Let me see if I have included him. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I can see it. I can see. It. Okay, wonderful, very nice. namam karmani limpanti. Namam karmani limpanti. Name karma fale spriha. Karma fale iti maam yo bijanati iti maam bijanati karma birna sabadhyate karma birna sabadhyate once again namaam karmaani limpanti namaam karmaani limpanti name karma phale spriha name karma phale spriha Iti Mamyo Bijanati. Iti, Iti Karma Birna sabadhyate Karma Birna Sapadhyate. Wonderful. Please read the translation by yourself. There is no work that affects me, nor do I aspire for the fruits of action. One who understands this truth about me also does not become entangled in the fruitive. Reaction of work. Thank you so much, very nice. So, uh, I also have a live audience here, so it makes it even more enlivening when uh, they are all chanting together. So, I am sure you must have uh, also had this uh, background sound of them chanting. So, it is really nice when there are a lot of people chanting the shlokas together. So, wonderful. So now, this is another very interesting shloka. So, let's see what Krishna is saying in this. Sloka. So it's very nice that Krishna is saying here There is no work that affects me So actually it is said that Krishna has no work I have told you that Krishna has nothing to work Krishna has no work His only work is to enjoy with his devotees So, there is no work that is there for Krishna, but NAME KARMA FALESPRIHA Just because he has no work, we should know there is something called as ABHINIVESHA Nivesha means to expect. Abhinivesha means to not have any expectations. Like earlier, Manish said here very nicely that if there is no expectation, then it is nice you know you get hurt a lot when there are a lot of expectations from people right so Krishna is saying here we should become free from all these expectations let's understand this a little bit more in depth NAME KARMA phalaspriha you know when we build a house a very big house you have built a very nice house and in that big house there is someone who comes and tells you oh yes you have built this big house but this small room in your house is built by me you know if somebody tells like that you are hurt you know you feel offended there is that vikriti bhav that comes in your mind you know how can this fellow tell like this i have built this big house how does he he doesn't have the right to say that this small room is built by him you know it causes a certain agitation in our mind right why because we are attached to all that we have created and somebody tries to steal away that effort of ours especially the result of the effort of what we have done then we are very disturbed and we get agitated now let imagine krishna has built this huge 14 planetary systems this whole big universe and here We are trying to tell that oh, I created this big building. The Butch Khalifa is built by me, and I have built this big tower and the twin towers and everything that I have created. And then I say that I glorify myself. It's like you know, telling in front of Krishna, oh, this small thing is done by me. And but Krishna doesn't get offended. Krishna is completely detached. Although he is the creator of this whole universe, he is completely detached. He wants to give that credit. Okay, you take the credit. No problem. You have built this right. Okay, no problem. Take the credit. Krishna is not attached. Abhinivesha. No expectations. So Krishna is saying that anybody who knows that I am unaffected by any type of work she will also just by knowing that Krishna is not affected just by knowing that he will also not get affected by the work or the of results. You see, he is saying this There is no work that affects me nor do I aspire for fruits of action One who understands this truth about me also does not become entangled in the of reactions of work See, it's a secret If you want to become free from the material desires and the fruits of action you should just know that Krishna is unaffected by all these things If you simply have the faith that yes, Krishna is unaffected, that itself is good enough for you to come out of your aspirations of pruditive desires. Just see. This is the advantage of coming in contact with Krishna. When you start contacting with Krishna, the transcendental personality, all your material desires will vanish gradually. This is the advantage of doing bhakti. So, so wonderful, it's a wonderful secret, right? Krishna is unaffected. Just imagine now, why is he unaffected? Just like a child. You know, a child is building a very nice sand castle. You must have seen, especially those who are staying close to the beach in Mumbai and other places. You see, many children, they go and build sand castles. Very beautifully, you know, the step by step, step by step. You know, uh, different layers they create and build a huge castle out of sand. And then when the mother calls, oh my child is very hungry, beta, a jao. you must be hungry, come and eat something. The child, because he's hungry, he will just rush and while rushing, he will kick the sandcastle, he will break the sandcastle and he will go and eat nicely. Now, the child is not affected by breaking the sandcastle because he knows that he was just playing. He was playing with the sandcastle. He doesn't get affected by that. If we can simply learn this from the children, it's amazing. Right? He's not affected by all that. He was just playing. He will kick and he will go away. He created, he destroyed. It was a play and it's all done. So for Krishna also, creating this material universe and then destroying this material world is like a play. He is simply playing He is not affected. If a child cannot get affected by breaking the castle and building the castle, how can Krishna, the Supreme Lord, get affected? By creation of uh, this world and the destruction of this world. Right? So this is how. We should also become like a child. We should not get affected. We should do our duty, whatever is being uh, given to us by the Lord, as per our varna, but do not expect anything. Just do it like a play. That's why you know many times people say life is like a game, you need to play it well. Right? So if you want to play this game of life nicely, you need to have knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita. Then life will be like a game, you will play it nicely. Why people are unable to play it nicely? Because they don't know this knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita. They are simply messing up with their pain in the game. This game you have to win. This lifetime. This lifetime you have to win this game of life. And what is the greatest victory? Going back to the spiritual world. Right? So Krishna is saying that we don't have to uh, become attached here. Number one. And then at the same time here Krishna is saying that we should know Krishna is reciprocal. Earlier also I mentioned this. Krishna is reciprocal. He reciprocates. So to our desires He will reciprocate. So let's understand this Krishna's mercy and let's also equally try to reciprocate to Krishna, that will make us free. Many times, you know when we talk about principles, principles are quite neutral. The principles of force are quite neutral, like for example gravity. Now, the gravity, you stand on the top floor and then you throw a piece of cloth, you throw a piece of stone, any object, or you throw yourself. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that. But if you do that, we all equally fall because the law of gravity is neutral. It doesn't discriminate whether it is a stone, whether it is a person, whether it is a cloth. It will just pull you down, right? But when it involves a person, we deal differently. We we are not uh, neutral. We are reciprocal. People are reciprocal but principles are neutral So we may talk a lot of principles here Which are neutral but actual dharma Especially when you are dealing with Krishna is quite reciprocal Dharma is very complex It's not so easy So uh, Krishna is transcendental Krishna is transcendental you need to get Attached to Him and you become transcendental. This is the secret here Krishna is sharing. It's very very important. And for that, by doing so, you will become free from your karmic bondage. The more you get attached to Krishna, the more you are becoming free from your karmic bondage. Now, for example, another very beautiful analogy I want to give you. People, because they don't understand this principle, they mess up with their life. You know, when you must have seen, especially in the olden days, people used to go on bullock carts. Now when they are going in bullock cart, you know there is a bull that is tied with a rope and the rope is actually uh, crossing through the nose. You know it is tied to the nose. The noose. So it is tied to the nose and the driver when he actually pulls the left side of the rope and it pulls the left side of the left nostril of the uh, cow or the bull then it actually moves left. It knows okay this is an indication that I need to move left. Then right. Then you go right. Now if the the bull doesn't understand this indication and simply continues to go forward, then what happens? Then the driver will whip. He will take a rope and he will whip. He will get a nice beating and then he will go straight again left or right. Similarly in life, when Krishna has given very clear indications. Yes, this is what you need to do. Go left, go right, go straight. Just follow. Just follow this. If you don't follow then Krishna will whip. Okay, now you will get this. Unless we understand what is right, what is wrong, Krishna is going to give whip. Maya is going to kick us again. So this is important. That's why uh, these principles are important to understand. We should know, we should get this direction. Right? So we have some more time. Let me see if we can cover one more shloka. So I think one more shloka we will cover and then we will open up for Q&A. So be open for Q&A today. We will have some time for Q&A. That will be really nice. So one more shloka for today. So let me call Uma Kumar. So you can please uh, unmute yourself and let's chant yes, the first. shloka 15. Evam kritam Karma Purvey Rabi Mubukshubi, Purvey Mubukshubi, Kuru Karmaevata Smart Swam,
1: Kuru Karmaevata Smartum,
0: Purvey Purvata Ramkritam, Purvey Purvata Once again evam gnyatva krtam karma evam gnyatva krtam karma purvairapi mukshu bih purvairapi mukshu bih kuru karmaiva tasmatvam kuru karmaiva purvai purvataram krtam purvai purvataram krtam so please read the translation by yourself All the liberated souls in the ancient times acted with this understanding and also attained liberation. Therefore, as the ancients, you should perform your duty in this divine consciousness. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So, this is another very interesting shloka. So here, Krishna is giving a reference to evam nyatva kritam karma. So he is saying that there were a lot of people in the past who have already followed this path and they have become successful. Now why is this question come? It's very important. Now please understand in the chapter 3 there was the explanation given by Krishna where he explains he says that it's better to do karma in accordance with Vedic scriptures and that slowly will lead to jnana yoga so Arjuna must have had this question now if jnana is more important why is Krishna pushing him to do all this work of fighting if acquiring knowledge is what we are supposed to do then why should he fight? why he should be engaged in the fight right? so that's why Krishna is saying here Although there are a lot of intellectual people, evam, gnatva, kritam, karma, purvai, ravi, mumukshubihi means liberated personalities. What to speak of jnanis, even those who are actually liberated, mumukshubihi, even they perform work for the welfare of the people. So again, it's a repeated work here that they are doing. It's very, very important.